Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast where we confront the fantasies and fallacies of modern day Christianity with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm your host, Peter Tragos, and with me as always, Pastor Aaron. What's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for being here today. And we have superpowers back with us. He's a super as ever. Everyone's excited for, man, by this point in time, you'll have released like four podcasts with us, and so people are becoming increasingly familiar with superpowers but the uh <laughs> the pastor the lead pastor no longer solo pastor but the lead pastor Amen. at uh Amen. sunrise community church up in newport richie man you got any words of wisdom for us today good to be here today good morning right. thanks for the coffee it's not wise but i guess it's wise coffee. To he's wise. saving those he's saving those. <laughs> yes saving we also have renee young hated by all anti-vatchers in our church right oh, um <laughs> sorry <laughs> No, uh, Facts, man. maybe we, let's let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell on Sunday people were mad at me, so I don't. No, know. Whatever. She's a covenant member here at Building Twenty Eight. Her reputation precedes her. Yeah, we'll just yeah. put it that way. I like it. Personality test enthusiast, and uh, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Church for Hopper. Me. Church, church Hopper since two thousand four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she's here because yes. today we have the all important topic of should Christians leave their church if they start to hate it. And we're going to go through what are some legitimate and illegitimate reasons to leave the church. But to start out, Aaron and Adam start talking a little bit about why this is such a problem, especially today's day and age. Has it always been a problem or do you think it's worse now than it used to be? Kind of give us the the groundwork of what it looks like in today's church culture. So when we talk about used to be, are we talking about that, that it used to be in the 70s and 80s or that it used to be in like the 16th century? Because 16th century, because, let's start yeah, there. Because if, we, if we go <laughs> back to, to yes. pre-Enlightenment and even the Enlightenment era, you just had a church, mm-hmm. maybe two in your town. The Catholic and, and the Protestant option. Yeah, basically, That's yes. And, and I think maybe you and I have talked about this before, Adam, but the automobile yep. changed everything for church going. Like it used, You used to have to walk to church. Or maybe take your carriage to church. The wagon. Yeah. Yeah. You just pile the family into the wagon. Oregon not, Trail. Not the station style. wagon. And, I didn't uh, know we were going so far back this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so sir, but my whole point in this is that people that from 200 plus years ago would look at, even, even 100 plus years ago before Henry Ford invented the car, would yeah. look at the church today and say, I've never, I never would have even thought of such a concept of like you you were baptized as a baby in that church, if you were Presbyterian or Catholic or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just grew up in that church your whole life. You got married in that church. All your friends were in that church. And and so this this concept of I'm going to be a part of a dozen or 30 or not part of any church, just go to 100 different churches throughout my lifetime, that, that's very modern, like very, very modern. You were there until they kicked you out, basically. Basically, yes. Now, if you're talking about just in the last 30, 40 years, I do think there's been a shift in unhealthy church planting. So there's, there's more churches than ever before. Even though churches are shutting down, there's still more churches, house churches, all types of churches than ever before. Um, but also now, if you get mad, it used to be you'd get mad, you needed to reconcile because or else you weren't going to church Yeah, 100 years ago. Yeah, there's nowhere else to go. Now, now it's like you just get mad. It's just easy to hop on social media or on the internet, find another church, 
go to that church, bash your old church, and that's until the, you that's repeat the, the process way now. Yeah. a year or two later. Exactly. And it seems to be on repeat. So, yeah, I think it is escalating just with media escalation. What do you think, superpowers? I would wholeheartedly affirm everything that's just been said and add to it. I mean, Aaron mentioned the trend going back, you know, a few hundred years. But if we talk about the past 30 or 40 years, since the 60s to the present, the rise in the consumeristic mindset just in general, culturally, and then that slowly being attributed to the church world. For sure. And the rise of the modern idea of self being the autonomous individual who determines meaning and identity and purpose uh, without any other authorities. There's no authority except yourself. And it's done nothing but fan into flame the idea that church is not so much something that I go to be committed to, but it's something that exists to serve my needs, whatever you might define as needs. And as, as soon as it stops meeting those needs, or you feel like there's no voice for you to share your perhaps agenda you're already bringing in, uh, no room for that to grow, then you'll go somewhere for that uh, to make, to be possible. And it's, it's, it's a sad venture. What's, what's, what's going on these days in church? Uh, we see it everywhere. I mean, I, I see it in Newport Ritchie. I'm sure you guys see it here. And um, I don't want to be all negative. I think there's a lot of negative in this regard, what we can track through history and presently. But I also see a resurgence of a lot of healthy understanding of what the church is about. And not only reasons why you should stay, but reasons, reasons why you should stay even when things to be things seem to be going against your own grain. But I also think it's important to talk about that there are also reasons to leave. Right? Oh, for sure. So I, I think that for sure. we're going to get to some legitimate reasons that you can leave as well. We'll get to some that are, are not so legitimate, but to bring Renee into the fold, I was joking about <laughs> church hopping, but you have switched churches before and we talked yes. about how you even left the Catholic church. I did. So let's talk about just some of your experiences with dealing with issues in churches. What brought you to the brink of actually leaving? What did you take into consideration? So bring some of your experience in. Sure. So um, I've left a church quickly and I've left a church slowly. And I would okay. say they're both painful. Um, when I left the church quickly, I would, and I say weeks, it was kind of my family. Mm -hmm. I was a young teenager and we were Catholic. So I had been, it was right around the time of confirmation. Like I'd been confirmed. So like maybe 13, 14. And we became aware of sexual abuse of a minor happening by a paid staff member. Uh, reported it to the police. That person was arrested. Um, and my family became the immediate target of scorn, criticism. We were ostracized. Went um, against the church. Yes. Wow. The subject of like attempted church discipline. And I think, you know, we all knew sort of theoretically that the Catholic Church didn't have like a great track record in mm -hmm. protecting children from sexual abuse. But to see it so like open and flagrant really shook us. So we left that church like a thief in the night. Um, and that was a situation like shake the dust off your sandals. Don't look back lest you turn into a pillar of salt, like amputate it. And so it was painful in the sense that we lost this church family that we'd been going to for years. Um, but maybe less painful than other things could have been because it, it felt like such a clear distinction, right? Yeah. Like you have a duty to flee from evil. And I think when you see evil, particularly if you have children involved, like, I mean, you wouldn't keep your kids in a house that was on fire, right? You have to go. But then as an adult, I've had the situation where I've been in a church that I loved and, 
you know, made friends and had community. And then it just slowly started to shift. And I think when things shift and they shift in a way that is, um, you know, maybe seems like a trivial topic, right? Like some things in the service start changing or maybe the location changes or some of the ministry offerings change. All of those things, you're like, okay, you know, I'm a mature adult. It's not about me. I'm centering Christ in my community and not myself. So I'm going to focus on those positives. And you kind of like stay and you slug it out. But then when the theology starts changing, like the recommended books that you should read start becoming a little bit more suspect, um, Hmm. then you kind of have to look at it. And I think that's a more painful process to look at it Hmm. and say, wow, like I really do have to get out of this place, you know? That's hard. It's difficult when— it's easy when you have not invested yourself into the church. We see a lot of that in our day. People, they come to a church, they go um, two or three Sundays a month. They don't go, they never connect communally to the church. They don't serve with the church. That's an easy divorce, so to say. Um, I'm, now I'm irritated because they changed something in service or I didn't get my what I thought I wanted or needed. And so I'm gone. It's much tougher when you've invested in that family. They are a family and something something happens. Like, so I, Sunday after church, I went down to the U-Haul store on Sunset Point because I'm renting a U-Haul. And I go in there. There was this line of people waiting and the the poor employees were moving uh, at snail speed throughout the store. So I have Spurgeon with me and it was his birthday. So we were going to be heading out to do some birthday stuff. We waited in there with mask on for 10 minutes and the line didn't move. And so I left. And as I walk out the door, one of the employees said something to the effect of, hey, hey we'll, We'll get to you in just a second if you can wait. And I was like, no, that's fine. And just left. And that was, to me, that was, that's what I think most of us would do as we go into a store. We go into that store because we need something or want something from that store. It is the consumer mentality. And I don't think that's wrong in that environment. That's why we go to a store is to get something from it. Um, but but people bring that type of mentality into the church where they walk in in the first, all the statistics say within the first seven minutes or less, they decide if they're ever going to come back to that church again. So before they even hear the word opened, if the word is open and preached, they decide if they're going to come back. And so it is this very much so, as you mentioned, at a mentality of um, what is the church going to give me? What are they going to do for me? Um, They exist today. Conversely, if I go into a place, uh, store, whatever, where I feel like my children are unsafe, I'm leaving that store for a very different reason than consumer reasons. And I think those are the two points that we have to draw, the lines we have to draw. If the church is doing something that is dangerous physically or I would argue even more importantly, dangerous spiritually to the soul, we have every right to, A, try to purify the church first in a a godly way, in a humble way, gracious way, but then B, to have to leave to, to preserve our souls, our souls of our family. And it's really easy to put churches in that category that don't really fit in that category. Like it needs to be very clear where they've compromised biblically, where they come, not just because you don't like something or don't like someone. Right. Um, And then there's the other one, which I think is more prevalent in our day of, I just don't like, I've been shopping here for a while. I don't like what I'm getting. I don't like what they're offering. I'm out, you know? Okay. So for people listening, I want to kind of take it on a certain outline for lack of a better word. So let's talk a little bit about some of the illegitimate reasons we've seen and and you guys have seen of people leaving churches, right? And then I want to talk to anybody out that's listening that may be considering leaving their church, right? For some of these illegitimate reasons. And what can they do? What can they think about? What steps can they kind of go through before leaving the church? Okay. Then after that, we'll talk about the legitimate reasons for leaving and how you can do that graciously, right? 
So, so the first step, let's talk about some of these. We've kind of danced around some of the illegitimate reasons. Everybody knows music or whatever, you know, how nice the, the church building is, you know, issues like that. But let's get into some more of the real illegitimate reasons that we've seen for people leaving churches, Adam, and we can start with you. So what, what are some of the things that you've heard people that come to you and say, you know, I want to leave because this, that, and the other that you just, you have an issue with and why do you have an issue with it? Yeah, I've gotten a lot of them. Um, everything from, I think the re- reasons that are real weighty that are crazy and reasons that are just ridiculous from all aspects. I want to hear the ridiculous ones. Ridiculous. <laughs> we'll start there. You're too young to be a pastor. Oh. I'm 37. I know when I, when I, when I'm clean shaven and you I have a haircut, over 18. I look like I'm in high school. Yeah, see, I get you're too hot, but I get, it's the same thing, man. It's the same thing, you know, so. Oh, that's the best yeah, joke so, <laughs> You're too young to be a pastor. Why do you wear the shoes that you do? Are those Crocs? Yes, they are, by the way. They're dress Crocs. We can talk about that later. Dress Crocs. Um, <laughs> they have a back on Sometimes them, I wear them. They're Drocs. Uh, you wore jeans. Uh, you wore glasses. The music's too loud. Uh, the music's too old. Dude, I had somebody come to new. me who had tattoos and said they oh, couldn't yeah. attend because I had tattoos. Yep. That's okay for the patron, yeah. but not for the, the priest. Yes. Yes, I've got that one too. So th- that's kind of really? the crazy ones that I've gotten. The more substantial bad reasons are things like, well, I like the old pastor. You're the new guy, so I'm gone. Church has changed too much. Not so much doctrinally, but, you know, it's just not my flavor anymore. The children's ministry at the other church is better. The youth group's bigger. Your church, this one is a little potent for us right now up in Newport Ritchie. Your church is no longer like the cool place to be. There's a new one now that's got all the hype and the buzz. So that's just a smattering of things that I've got all within the past five years or so. Okay. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be like personally that you've gotten about your church, Aaron. I just, think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I, 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 I guess. Was that too personal? Yeah. Sorry. Renee and I will be here to counsel he you later like, on. Long list. <laughs> okay. Let's he's chat. like, someone made fun of my glasses. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> my haircut, my shoes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, besides the shoes, wow. I agree with all those as illegitimate reasons. So, we talked about this at lunch a couple weeks ago. Powers and I, Superpowers mentioned, I mentioned to him that he comes across far nicer than I do. It's true. Um, a true statement. Yeah, true. And he said he doesn't see that, but you said right away that you see that. So yeah, I, I, I do see that. see that. He comes across nicer. And I will say the nicer the individual, the I think the more they open themselves up. The 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 rougher somebody seems at times, the less approachable they are, for better or worse. And so I don't get as many of those kind of hmm. personal, you know, I don't like the fact that you wear boots or you wore a t-shirt to preach in or, you know, that type of thing. Well, also um, the more, you know, biblical characteristics they have of kindness and gentleness. But we, we can go back to the, okay. to the we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get into definitions of <laughs> kindness and gentleness um, soon enough. Not on this podcast, but on another <laughs> one. Um, I wrote down the three that I've heard the most. Now, we'll say this. Uh, Tom Rayner, who was the president of Lifeway, and now he's like a... I think he's a mentor for pastors. He's sub-organization. Anyway, in late 2019, so this is pre-pandemic, he said that the number one reason people stop going to church today is that they get out of the habit of doing it. Mm. That's the number one reason, according to the research. Um, that there was no big crisis, he says. They just missed one or two services here or there and then stopped going altogether. A slow and steady decline. Now, that's before pandemic. Mm. Yeah. So the pandemic, that's what we've seen. People got out of the habit of going. 
for 10 weeks or six months, and now they're struggling to get going again. So I think there's a very, very real legitimacy to that. Um, the other night, Peter and his wife, Whitney, were texting my wife, Danielle and I, and we were texting about someone. And I just talked about how I had seen a song and <laughs> not texting negatively. Golly. Not texting I don't know what you're going to reveal for these not, private texts. Not, <laughs> hey, man, you're dangerous. Like like client privilege. <laughs> no, no, it, it had nothing to do with law. It might now, but no, we were talking about how in the church you see the same song and dance so much. You see people leave. You see them come back. And, and I don't know why you're bringing up this conversation, but go ahead. I'm bringing it up because there are systems at play in America today. Sure. Um, there are ways of doing things where the research says that when kids who grow up in the church, young people grow up in the church, around 16 and 19, they leave. And around 26 to 27, they come back. Hmm. They leave because it was always their parents' religion, their parents' faith. It was never made their own. And they come back around the time they have their first kid because they want their kid to have the same experiences they had as a kid growing up in the church. They want them to be instilled with morality and doing the right thing. And so that's why I bring up this conversation because you see this pattern over and over again emerge. Young people in the church, young men, young women, they grow up, um, they're very passionate for Jesus seemingly, and then something distracts them, typically sex, and they, they get involved in a relationship or multiple relationships or go away to college. Their faith or lack thereof is tested. And then sometimes legitimately, sometimes just, illegitimately in the sense of, hey, I want my kids to, you know, be more moral instead of gospel-centered, they bring back to the church. And so that is going on today. When we talk about decline at times, especially in the Gen Z generation, like that's the reason for that. Um, now, the three excuses I hear the most here at our church are, the, the number one is, I'm not, I haven't gotten connected. Like, that's just the number yeah. one. And I think in any growing church, um, we grew by, you know, 25, 30% a year for five or six years. And so it was quite rapid. You came here, what, seven years ago, probably? Six, seven years ago? Um, I don't know, something like that. Okay. And so it was much smaller when you arrived mm -hmm. on the scene. And so any church that's growing at all has these growth pains where it takes, the bigger the church, it takes more intentionality on the part of a newcomer to get plugged in, to join home groups, to, to join on mission, and so forth. Um, but the other ones I hear is, there was a major difference in the person and our church theologically, socially, politically. Like that's, you know, that's a big thing. Now, theologically, if you're on different ground theologically, especially when it comes to the foundational elements of the faith, then yeah, you need to go to a different church. You need to seriously consider why you're on that different ground because you could be an error, but then you need to go to a different church. I don't think politics are a reason to leave a church personally. I think we can have strong disagreements. People might disagree, but I don't think that's a reason to leave a church. Um, and I think we need to work through social issues. The The third reason um, is is just unmet expectations. Like those, so those are the mm -hmm. three things that we see. I had expectations of the church or of the leadership or of, of X person, and I didn't hear those met. So those are, and I don't believe any of those necessarily as they stand alone are legitimate reasons for leaving a church. I think we should do more to try to connect to the life of the church if it's our home. Um, I think we should have good conversations around politics and social issues and even theological issues until it comes to the point where we cannot reconcile that this church is preaching the gospel anymore. And I think that we need to temper expectations in the church as leaders upon people. It's very easy for me as a leader to get disillusioned with the people at times, that they're not meeting my expectations. And I think as the congregation with the leaders, there needs to be tempered expectations, realistic expectations. Um, so those are some of the 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 most frequent reasons I hear, and 
Yeah, so and we'll get to and we'll get to what what people can do if they're feeling some stuff like that. Renee, do you have any other ones to throw in? No, okay. I mean I, okay. I've left a church over all those things. Okay, I'm kidding. Oh my gosh, <laughs> no, I'm saying any other ones that you've if heard. If we take away the donuts, I'm out of here. No, yeah. um, the only thing I will add is I think that if um, I think while some of those things do seem super minor, like I, you know your shoes are great, um, but they can become major things. So I think if you are a person who is sort of letting this ruminate and you're thinking about it, and it's become something that you kind of become obsessive and bitter over, then you probably should leave whatever that minor issue is, right? If you're real upset that we have service on Thursday, because that's not the Lord's Day, and you're real, real mad about it, and you can't walk in the building now without being mad that we've compromised on this thing, and now you've got bitterness that you're sort of spreading everywhere, then I think you've let an illegitimate you know, subject or topic become legitimate and become a real stumbling mm. block for you. So, so if you like can't submit to the leadership. Out of a See, but I disagree yes. with that. So I mm-hmm. disagree with that point because, and I think now we should get into what you should do if you're starting to feel that way. Because I think sure. if you, if you let that bitterness become a legitimate reason, like you're saying, and obviously if you hate your church, that's all you're thinking about when you walk in, I get where, I get where you're going. But I think the point of this podcast is what can we do as church members if we start down that road? Because that's an issue with you. Sure. You know, if you let (laughs) his terrible shoes become a reason you don't want to come to the church, that's your issue, right? Not his issue, not Crocs. But, but seriously, so, so from our perspective as, as members and pastors, what you would tell to your members and members of other churches, right? Because church isn't like a law firm, you know, you don't want all the clients. You want people to find the right local church for them, right? And every local church serves a purpose where they are, right? Newport, Ritchie, Clearwater, Countryside, whatever. But what, what are some of the things people can work through? And some of the stuff I've found is basically Aaron touched on it, like self-reflect on what are you doing? So I think we have two kind of different aspects of what are illegitimate reasons for people to leave churches on. Adams are superficial things that don't matter and people are legalistic and have their, their own issues, right? And that's why they, they're leaving for those reasons. Aaron's it's selfishness. What's the church doing for me? I don't feel like people are meeting my needs. I don't feel like people are nice enough. It's clicky. I don't have enough friends or the friends I want in that church, you know, so I'm leaving. Okay. So let's just take those two kind of as main groups. So superficially speaking, biblically, what are some of the issues and things that people can do to check themselves and see if I'm just being legalistic, if I'm just creating these problems and how can I fix that? Well, there's a bunch of things you can do. I mean, are are you willing to ask perhaps the harder question if you feel that rising within you? The harder question being, is this a legitimate issue that I'm concerned about or is it just my temperament that's the issue? Is this a discipleship issue or is this a membership issue? Like, can this attitude or posture that I'm growing in is this growing in an unhealthy direction or a healthy direction? Depending on what the issue is, depends on the outcome. And I, I, I would even say, if you're in complete agreement with a congregation and there's no theological disparity, there's no real issues there, but you're growing and making, like you're talking about, an illegitimate issue seem more legitimate, a mountain out of a molehill, and your very presence in the congregation is disturbing that congregation, there there then might be a real reason that your presence is cause, causing a lack of peace and purity. So you might need to either have some type of admonishment or discipline 
uh, which general terms for discipleship, or you might really need to leave uh, because your presence is growing in a direction that's more unhealthy than healthy. And then you're going to leave mm-hmm. the next church for the same reason, though. That's, you, that's yeah. what Probably. I feel like. Usually if, your baggage follows if, you. If your Crocs are making me leave your church, when I come here, Aaron's tattoos are going to make me leave eventually. Like that's, that's <laughs> nothing how I he feel. does is going to change that about you. I agree with right? Renee that yeah. I actually agree yeah. with both of you in the sense of they should repent. Right. But oftentimes, I mean, we're li- we're living in a culture, I think it's always been this way, but perhaps more than ever with social media and technology, where we are so blind to our own faults that we need good, godly brothers and sisters around us to help lovingly, caringly point those out to us. And so if you don't have that, if someone, someone listening right now might be like, I just hate my church because of superficial reasons or non-primary reasons, and they're too blind to see that they're in sin. And doing that, if they're too blind and they refuse to repent, then I do agree with Renee. They just need to like go because they're going to be a toxicity to the church and a, and a cancer to like the work that's going on there. Ultimately, what you would love to see is repentance, yeah. like that we that we repent, that we seek God's renewal, uh, restoration in the church. But when someone refuses to see their own error, their own sin, and it's only someone else's, then there needs to be a I hate but, to say this way, but like a gospel to, goodbye, like there needs to be a, a but going. But we're talking to somebody who wants to do the right thing, right? And I, sure. I think, I don't think your advice would be the right thing would be just to leave. No, that's what I'm saying. Right. I'm Not talking, initially. I, I'm, I'm acknowledging the person who who isn't going to do the right thing. But that's my point, okay? So if you're not doing the right thing, you don't care what we say in the podcast. Like sure. you're going to go do whatever you're going to do. And at the next <laughs> church, you're going to do the same thing. But what I'm talking about is people that are like, I, I am feeling like it's a legitimate reason at this point. Like I can't stand sure. the disrespect Adam has with his outfits on the Lord's day when he comes before us and opens God's word Amen. and reads it to us from the stage. It's so hard for me to get over. To me, so we're talking to that person and we're saying, I, I get where you're coming from. So why don't we take our time, take our resources, meet with superpowers. How could you meet with him and talk to him through theological issues and how he's going to shepherd you and care about your family and want you to be a member of his church and what it means to be a member of his church, how he wants to pour into you, how he wants you to pour into others, how he wants you to grow and do things kingdom first, kingdom minded. And then how do you care about his genes at the end of the conversation? That's that's what I'm saying. Take steps as sure. a church goer, or we're more talking about members, take steps, talk to him, you know, talk to the pastor about your reasons and as pastors, illegitimate reasons you still have to handle with shepherding gloves, you know, and, and be understanding, even though we, we laugh and they're ridiculous, but, but understand where they're coming from and, and try to help them through it. And, and that's more of what I think is important in this podcast is, okay, a gospel goodbye, goodbye is eventually, yeah, of course. Okay. I get it. When everybody's going to sin and we all butt heads, then people leave, but that's not what we want. And that's not, we're still not going to call those legitimate. Re- like it's not a good idea to be like you're sinning, so take it somewhere else. Like yeah. that's not a good thing for members that should want to try to reconcile and fix their church membership. So, besides the gospel goodbye, sure. What what do you think is something? Because I know you've had the same thing at least earlier on in our church, especially how you dress, tattoos, you're young, yeah. whatever. Same things Adam's talking about. So what are some of the re- and and there are, like my parents had issues with Aaron's like jeans and whatever when when we first started coming here you know love you Demetria. they did and they love him they love him my mom like thinks he's the greatest and and they're still going here now but that's something they had to get through yeah knowing i shouldn't say knowing it was wrong because they struggled with it i think but but we would have conversations and i was like why does that matter 
you know, and they would say stuff like, if you respect the Lord's day, that's kind of things I was saying with Adam, but like, so what do you, what conversations can you have with people to make them recognize and realize that that's not the importance of church? What is the importance of church membership and kind of refocus their energy and attention on the positive if they're trying to get over this sin or this issue that they have that's illegitimate? I think that's really very pastoral of you to mention those things because as soon as you, so take the, I, what I think is the foolish statement, you're too young. When I got to know this person, thankfully they stayed, even though they said this when I first got to the church. And the reason they said that is because, I mean, stereotypes exist because of truth. Not that they're all true, but there's a sliver of truth in every stereotype. And the stereotype of the young man is arrogance. That's the sin of young men. And so seeing a young pastor, they immediately went to, he's going to be arrogant eventually he's going to be too authoritative. That's kind of like the track that a lot of people have gone. And so they see all sorts of red flags. And when I meet with them, the first thing that comes out, you're too young. And so if I were to just take that on surface value, it's not at all what they're thinking. But as we're talking and growing together and committed to life in Christ, life in Christ is life together. And hearing their posture and hearing their point of view I came to understand it more and through the understanding and through our relating to one another, that grew slowly into a discipleship issue where they began to let go of some of those things because they did see uh, that that's, though that happens, you can't throw the baby and the bathwater out, right? So you shouldn't just lump every young pastor into that category, but they wouldn't have arrived at that conclusion, I think. If, if we hadn't had traveled down that road together. Right. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing for people to say, like I say it mm-hmm. to Aaron all the time, like, be careful. People follow you, look up to you, yeah. think of you very, very highly. Way and more highly. His, his position is rising, just like <laughs> a lot of other pastors who have fallen, you know, and I say it to him all the time. I don't think it's a bad thing to have members of your church bring these concerns up to you and because that puts a, a check in your head, like I need to not be arrogant because yeah. that is something that yeah. a lot of young guys that are successful or pastors or whatever deal with. And I don't think it's bad to have those conversations, but you guys work through that together, helps you not be arrogant and helps them understand that some young pastors aren't arrogant, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that that's, sure. that's helpful. Definitely. I think, I think um, the way that you come at it and the way that, yes. the way that the con- so if somebody's listening and they're like, I don't like my church because of whatever, and it might be something as superficial as the way the pastor dresses or they're young, or it might be something something deeper. Like the uh, music should lift our souls and should catechize our minds. And so if the music isn't doing that, that is a, I don't think that's a legitimate enough gripe to leave a church, but I think that that's something to, to talk to the pastor about. But I think how you come to the pastor is, you know, we've we've dealt with dozens and hundreds in our in our pastoral ministries. And when somebody comes in in a true spirit of humility, and you can spot false humility right away, and people can spot it in us as leaders right away, like you, mm-hmm. this this kowtowing and and uh, and poor mouthing. But when somebody comes in a true spirit of humility and 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 graciousness and says, "I really want to talk to you about this," right away the conversation is seated in grace and in, in, a, in a way that is typically very beneficial. Um, and I've walked away from a lot of those conversations checking myself. Just true. Or, or checking our church, or checking our ministry. Yeah, when you when you come to me and you're like, 
and you're rarely gracious, but when you come, <laughs> no, but when you come to me and you're like, Hey man, I saw this, or I heard this, is this true? Or I observed this in you, like might want to be careful with that. Like, or I, even when you have conversations with me after you meet with somebody and you're like, they were right about certain things. Yes, like yeah. you've done that before. When yeah. somebody's come and met with you, you're like, they were right about these three points. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, we're blind too. Like, I don't right. want to pretend like it's only the congregants that have blind spots. As pastors, we have blind spots and oh. leaders. And so when someone can come graciously and in wisdom and with scripture, instead of just coming to condemn or to hurl accusation um, or to demean the church, whatever it might be, which, so I think the way that you would come is incredibly important in these, in these things. And then I always like, I would ask the person who's listening right now, the same thing I would ask somebody who comes in and says, Hey, I'm thinking about leaving the church. I would ask them, why can you give me the reasons why? Because sometimes when they actually say that, it sounds as foolish as it is, right? you know? Um, oh, I don't like what you wear on Sundays or oh, the music's too loud for me. I'm like, this is a reason to divorce your gospel community, like to, to break away from the church. Now, if they're like, you're not preaching the gospel, uh, you're not preaching the whole counsel of God, which that's become distorted in the last year, but meaning the, the truth of scripture unadulterated. If you're not preaching that, okay, now, now there's significant grounds for talking about leaving a church. But I think how you come is important. I think really answering those questions through the spirit, why am I leaving this church? Those are also important as well. Renee, did you ever have conversations with any of the pa- obviously not the Catholic priest when you left there? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't talk to him. It's probably a good after, idea. Yeah, it'd be awkward. Yeah. Um, um, no, yeah. When I left in the past church, I saw like Christian counsel from people I was currently like with, disi- like under discipleship with mm-hmm. there, right? So people in small groups or people I looked up to, elders, whatever, had these conversations within the church body. Um, brought my concerns directly to the pastor and had, and I had a great relationship with the pastor. So I had a very open relationship and was able to discuss these things seemingly ad nauseum. Um, And then I also went to kind of wise Christian council outside of our church. I don't think, especially when you've invested into a community, right? And just like any relationship, you don't want to give up on it quickly or easily. And you you don't want to be, have to look back and go, man, I, if I tried a little bit harder, like maybe, because I think you can carry some guilt, especially if a church sort of folds and implodes after you leave. Right. You can kind of feel like, man, if we had done this better, maybe we should have prayed for the pastor more. Maybe we should have, you know, done these things. But I think when you are, you brought your concerns to the pastor and these are real theological concerns, you know, things that are really damning to your soul if you're following this person down this road and you're getting kind of, unsatisfactory answers. And when you seek outward, mature Christian counsel, everyone's like, yeah, I don't think your pastor's a Christian anymore. Mm. Like you should go. Um, I mean, I think you kind of have to, mm-hmm. you kind of have to go at that point. Which brings us into what are some legitimate reasons to leave a church? I think we've gone already through theological differences. Sure. Pastor's not a Christian anymore, obviously a good reason. <laughs> um, are there, are there any other ones you can come to I have a couple questionable ones I want to ask too, but any other ones you yeah, guys can think of? I think when the missiology is gone, it's it's one thing if it's if it you might not too ingrown. Why don't you explain? Yeah, what yeah. Missiology so, is. so yeah, so the mission of the church right. is is not there. It's one thing if it's like directed in a down an avenue that you might not be passionate about. I don't think that's reason to leave a church. Like, okay, they're really into serving foster care, and I really would like to serve. X. Like, you know, that's not, that's not, that's not a valid reason. Then go serve X and, and rally some people in the church to help you, you know? Um, but when there's no mission in the church, when it's just completely a country club, 
Because the church is a community of God on mission in the world. That's what they're supposed to be. And so when there yeah. is none of that, um, when truly discipleship is not taking place within the church, when it, I mean, I, I think that, and I think you have to be very careful because these are very nuanced things. But when that goes back to the word is not truly being taught or it's being uh, distorted and manipulated in a grotesque way. Um, and there's your soul is not being built up in the church and you've, you've submitted. It's, it's not just like, Hey, I haven't, I don't go to anything. So my soul's not being built up, but I try to be involved in everything I can. And I am not my soul. My mind is not being fed. I'm not being nurtured. I think these are some at least very legitimate questions that should drive you. I think you should always hundred percent of the time. If you're a mature Christian, go and talk to the pastor first, the leadership of the church, go sit down with them, talk through these issues. Um, like Renee was talking about, when you're when there's a difference, find out if that if the difference is actually there because there's a lot of perceptions that are <laughs> you there. Be wrong. Um, or you could be right. Find out what the church is doing about discipleship, what the church is mm. doing about mission. Yeah. These yeah. things are incredibly important. But if the church comes down saying, "Hey, look, we just don't believe the gospel. Right? We don't believe that Jesus is the only way. We don't believe uh, in faith alone." Or you know, like when they start saying that, or we we don't believe in getting out. We have we have a one of our leaders here who came from a church today has said, hey, look, we're very happy with the way things are. We're not, we don't want to be out in the community. We don't want to be, that's extremely problematic to the to the Great Commission and what we're called to as missionaries. And so those types of things, I think, are legitimate issues that still should be brought to the pastor before he just peace out. But if there's no mission, there's no discipleship, there's no instruction in the word, um, those would be legitimate reasons in my mind. I mean, we, we haven't even talked about the one that's like, ha happens probably the most often is you, you move. I mean, you move from Michigan, North Carolina. You're not going to church in Michigan anymore. Hands down. Providential. You know, you move. Uh, maybe your church is sending you out to plant another church. Very good reason yeah. to leave. Maybe your church, uh, we've done this actually at our church at Sunrise. Um, we have the gracious privilege of having among our membership like six former pastors. And those guys are not always there every Sunday. In fact, one guy hasn't been there for months because they're all out ministering in other churches when those pastors are sick. So perhaps gifts, whether it be preaching or whether it be music or whether it be, you know, for a season, you need to depart from this congregation to go help set up a children's ministry at another congregation or whatever it be, special gifts might be. So you mean the church doesn't have to suck. That doesn't have to be a reason <laughs> right. for leaving. Like, right. There could be good reasons <laughs> for leaving. There's very good reasons. Okay. Yeah. And okay. then we didn't even Goodness. think about so, This is what I mean That's by you're exactly very much, much more positive That's why than I superpowers. am. <laughs> yeah. And so th this, this one also is perhaps a little more pressing for, for some. Maybe you have an unbelieving spouse. They're more willing to uh, attend church with you if you go to this church rather than the church you're at. I might say that's a good idea. And that's one of my, that was one of my, so let's talk about it. Cause I, I see Renee's face. So that's if one of my that other place is a good place. Right. 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 We're not, we're not talking about picking a church okay. today. We can't talk about that's, that's another, that's another episode, but, <laughs> but so spouse, right. That's yeah. spouse slash boyfriend, girlfriend. Okay. And you can differentiate Those if are you different want. Categories. I agree, and, but I'm just saying <laughs> differentiate. So let's say two reasons. I didn't even think of that one, but yeah, your spouse is not a Christian, but they would go to church if you go here, but not here for whatever reason. Well, why would I want to go to a church that a non-Christian feels super great about going to? I, That's not going to feed me. I think me. our church has that. I mean, our, a lot of non-Christians enjoy our church. 
I mean, they do more if, than more than some others. It's if, probably the clothes. If one of our members, it's the tattoos, had an had an un, unbelieving spouse, and they happened to live a little south of us, and they mm-hmm. felt more at home here at Building Twenty Eight, hundred percent of the time, I, sure. I agree with no, that. I, so, I, don't I do that. life there. I, I, I think yeah. there's legitimate reasons once again and illegitimate for a non-believer yeah. wanting to go to a church. Sure. A, 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 a non-believer could be like, "Hey, I'd feel more comfortable in a smaller church than in a bigger right. church where I can know yeah. people." Or conversely, yeah. I might feel more comfortable in a bigger church than a smaller because I can get more lost and I'm not as noticeable. I hide. So I think there's, I think there's things like that that. There's some legitimacy there. If it's a good church, I would have zero issue recommending somebody go to Sunrise um, if, if they were closer up to that area or if they felt more comfortable going there. And so if it's a solid church, like there's no issue with that. Um, right. Or they they like – so God has wired all pastors differently, even gospel-preaching pastors differently to communicate scripture and to speak in a way that connects with different individuals sure. on, on kind of their journey. And I sure. do think that – like classic examples of this would be Tim Keller versus a Matt Chandler, very different styles <laughs> of approach. But yet Tim Keller has reached thousands of unbelievers in Manhattan over the years yeah. who were comfortable enough to come into church because of his disarming, very scholastic way of approaching things. Right. And then in Dallas, Matt Chandler has this kind of uh, devil may care mentality of I'm just going to say it. And I'm going to say it in kind of a tongue in cheek way. And that works in that context. And so there'd be unbelievers from that context would be much more comfortable at Village than they would at Redeemer. Yeah. And conversely, unbelievers in Manhattan would be much more comfortable at Redeemer than... So I do think there's some legitimacy to that. What about that. like if your spouse just goes to a different church, you guys are dating, and then you get married, is there a legitimate reason to go to church with your spouse to leave the church that you're at? Yes. Yeah, I would say so too. And you need to have a chat about which one. Right, right. exactly. But arm that's, wrestle. Yeah, have a healthy yeah, yeah. chat. Yeah, arm healthy arm wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even perhaps say you have a special need and you got to be careful here about needs, right? But if mm-hmm. you are in need of sign language and mm-hmm. your church doesn't sure. offer it, by all means, go to a place that can yeah. provide this because we sure don't, you know, th- things like that. Maybe it's like, sure. I, I need this in Spanish or Korean, something like this. And, and not, yeah. that, not that Renee needs my affirmation, but I do think there is something to be said for if your spouse wants to go to a church because it's soft and it's not going to convict them over their sin, sure. then it's why do I want to yeah. go to a church that my unbelieving spouse wants to go to sure. type of thing. So well there said. is legitimacy to that for Agreed. sure of there, there's many churches out there that are very, very watered down. They don't stand on hardly any truth. They don't want to talk about anything controversial. And an unbeliever oftentimes would feel much more comfortable there because I don't have to feel bad about my lifestyle. I don't even have to feel bad about not trusting Jesus. I can just kind of be a better person maybe if I choose to. So there's legitimacy to that. That would be an, an what illegitimate about, reason. Or did you have any more? Okay, so I have, I have two more that I want to talk about that I think are potential gray areas. So the next one, which Renee, we should start with you. What about childcare? Like you go to the childcare ministry, you talk to your kids, they're old enough to no. tell you like what sucks about it or what yeah. they hate or whatever. Where is where do you draw First the off, line? If my kid said suck, you would be in huge trouble. On how? Well, if you, if you listen to our, never, though. If you listen to our podcast on cursing, you know never. I'm totally cool saying sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so where is the line where it's like so bad to obviously if yeah, there's yeah. no workers in there and there's a hundred kids, you, I I am not gonna put yeah. my kids in like Aaron already. Well, said, I wouldn't let the danger. priest watch my kids. Oh, there right? you go too. There you go. Um so no, I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying about needs. For me, I mean, I don't you don't know. My husband's not a believer. Mm. So for me, 
the child care ministry is actually super important, mm-hmm. right? I have a 10-year-old son, and I would definitely be willing to move to another church where I knew he'd be able to see, like, strong male Christian leadership in the youth group, like, moving forward. So if the church wasn't able to kind of—like, if I didn't have a church family that was able to step in and provide that need, I would feel obligated to kind of move to a place where I would be given the tools so that I can shepherd my child effectively, right? Um Moms are great and they're super important, but they're not everything. And so I think you need a well-rounded experience. Um, so I would be willing to move. Now, would I be willing to change churches if my husband wanted to come? I, I don't know. <laughs> that I don't it know. Depends that would be which one. It depends <laughs> because you know needs versus wants and what yeah. you're comfortable with. Those are all. Right. Right. Those would be really nuanced conversations. But I mm-hmm. think childcare is super important, right? I almost seem like it's similar. I like think they are how, how similar. You, I think they you are want similar. Your, you would want your husband to see the same thing, right? I mean, yes. So, I mean, I would think, I don't know. I, I don't have that experience. I think my prideful, but, like my personal sure. pride would feel like, why do I have to like yes, bend in this that. way? Yeah. But um, I think that way about my kids. Like yeah. I do. I think that way about how they're getting shepherd, spiritual safety, like Aaron talked about, not as much. I mean, physical safety is important, but that's kind of easier to check off if you think. We assume physical safety, right? Sure. Like maybe we shouldn't, but yeah, we do. Exactly. We assume physical safety. Spiritual right. safety is different. What do you guys think? Childcare? issue to leave the church over at a certain point, obviously, I guess is a yes. I mean, if, if there's, if there's a strong personal conviction and so there's, we've been mostly talking about the kind of these universal convictions of bad theology, bad mm-hmm. missiology, philosophy of ministry. But if there's personal convictions, like we've had, I have friends who are very strongly bent. Um, they would say by the spirit to have uh, their children in service with them. And we're not opposed to that building 28. If the, if the children are you know, quiet and behaved and stuff, you know, right. not being distracting, but they're very bent on. And typically that's going to be a very small church that does that family integrated style of worship. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily wrong to, to move on from a church, especially if you move on graciously and kindly and say, Hey, we're going to a church where our kids can be in service. Conversely, if, if you're at a church that, um, that you feel like it's a major distraction for the kids to be in service and you're like, I, I need to go somewhere. And my, and my kids aren't learning. Like they're sitting here and, and they're not, learning from the pastor who teaches for an hour on Sundays um, and, and they would learn better on their own level. I, I think those are good questions to be asked. I don't think they should just be a, a trigger where we just pull it and say, I'm out of here and use that as an excuse, but they're questions to be asked. You know, I do think uh, if I'm honest, like if, I, if we went to a church, we have three little kids and we went to a church and we found out that the, the children's ministry didn't practice um, background checks. Like that would be a red flag where important. you're like, Wow, like why wouldn't you do that? Like you have people in here. And so I think there's and there's churches that don't. Like they they don't take that seriously enough for whatever reason. And and so I do think that there are legitimate like we are called as parents primarily, even as pastors, primarily to be shepherding our family first, mm-hmm. protecting them physically, emotionally, obviously spiritually. And so that's that's a that's a huge thing. Uh, so I, I do think there's some legitimacy too to child care. All right. The last one. And we'll start with Powers because I don't think he got to get in on the child care. He so, pointed at me. Like, he wanted me to take the child care. Well, I would okay, disagree good. probably with the child care one. I don't know if you want to hear my Okay, let's yeah. They love to hear yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I so, can't help myself. <laughs> so let me just say agree. It's not a trigger. You just immediate leave and go. But we, we understand this question itself, the very existence of it, shows that we're so modern in our bent. I mean, for the majority of the history of the church, the idea of youth pastor equals father and mother. And when you walk in the doors of a church for the majority of history, you did not separate with kids went one way and parents went another way, but you all went in together. And so 
I, I say that with the disclaimer. We we do Sunday school classes for well, I think age it's appropriate better. If you want teaching. to talk about that, I think it's better. Right. I mean, but kids I, love it. But we'll do regular I, just have, I, I went into plenty podcast. of services as a child and know I got absolutely nothing out of it. And I promise you, my seven-year-old knows more than I did from going into adult service. Yeah, but so, whatever, we don't have to get into this. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so if you're if you're using this argument as in in a, in a bad manner, like putting off your responsibility to shepherd oh, your yeah. child well, wrong sure. argument. And I think we would all agree with that. So, yeah. Okay. So the last one <laughs> um, that I have that I think is an interesting kind of gray area. So let's say you grow up in a church. Renee kind of mentioned this a little bit different transition, but let's say you grow up in a church and and you go to a church that's multi-generational, you know, your grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents went there. You're 18 years old. You go to college and come back. Should you stay at that church or would it be a legitimate reason for you to leave that church and pick your own as an adult? Should you feel some kind of attachment where you should start there and then put it through these checks and see if it's theologically lines up with you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or is it, is that a legitimate reason for you to go find the church that you think is best for you? This is on superpowers first. Yeah. It depends if that church that your family history is all at is healthy or unhealthy. Let's say it's healthy. Do do I have to go there when I come back from college? I don't think there's any reason to leave. I don't think you have legitimate reasons to leave. Let's say there's no young people there. Okay. It's a healthy church. Perhaps we we need to redefine church membership in a sense or see that podcast recently. The members of a church are not so much the people that I have chosen to do life with, but they're the people that God has chosen for me to do life with. And so if it's a healthy church, I don't see a reason why you should leave. No, I would, I would somewhat disagree. So would I. Yeah. Which is not common. (laughs) I, I I wouldn't say that you have to leave or should leave. Right. Yeah. But I think coming back, I mean, I think the church has done a poor job in America in general of discipling middle school and high schoolers to the point where all the stats show they fall off around 17 or 18 years of age. Um, if the church is doing a good job with that, um, also I think, and this is for a different podcast, but I think shipping our kids off to college hundreds of miles away is a bad idea in general, but we can talk about that later on. Um, I think keeping our kids mm. localized and plugged into the life of the church throughout college, if at all possible, is the, is the best thing for them. Yeah, Once again, we'll say that for a different podcast. So I know you do because you think the mecca of college is in Tallahassee. So just um, the perfect, but, perfect distance away. <laughs> but but, I, but I, I do think we've poured, we, we've, we've done a poor job in that. And I think if we did a better job, kids would not even be inclined when they come back to leave. I think uh, we've seen that here at Building 28 where the kids that, that we've poured into, discipled well, they love coming back on break. They love coming back, getting a job in the community. We have girls here on staff who went away to college, came back, plugged right back into the life of the church and then we're higher on staff here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is, the, the church has kind of punted on, they've made, in general, we've made youth group an entertainment time yeah. um, and, a, and it's kind of cultural hangout. So I think hub. what Aaron's really saying is he agrees with what I said. No, no. So what I was going to say though, because, <laughs> but if, if you, if you love Jesus, you go away to college, you come back and um, I don't, I can't see where there's any issue I don't have any issue with saying uh, 22, 23-year-old, now they're, now they're married, they're praying through as a, as a couple, hey, where do we want to raise our kids? Um, I don't think age should be a factor. I really don't. But the point I, is you don't feel like they should feel I don't feel like there's the an obligation. To come back yeah. and go to that church. I don't I think agree. there's a spiritual obligation. They have to come back. I agree. I think that's probably the best choice if it's a healthy church, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're prohibitive from looking at other options. So before we wrap up, 
I did miss one thing I want to talk about. We we mentioned the superficial reasons and how you leave, but the selfish reasons of I'm not getting fed enough, I don't have community, I don't have friends. I don't think we really hit on that because I wanted to talk about what would you ask somebody in a self-check to do if they felt like I don't have community here, it's too clicky, you know, how, how, what would you ask? Because that one to me is easy to turn back on the person and say, okay, Renee, what, what do you do to serve the church? Right. Are you in a home group? Are you serving in childcare? Are you asking people to go out to lunch? Are you asking people over your house? Whatever. Are you hanging out and doing life with the people in the church? And I think most of the time when they say there's no clicks and nobody to hang out with and whatever, it's because they're not doing any of that. They're waiting for somebody to come to them and it's all about them all the time. What would you add to those types of people that have those kind of selfish issues with the church? Well, Lewis, who obviously has to be quoted on every podcast, Lewis said um, that when we look for community, we often destroy community. Mm-hmm. But when we seek mission, we find both mission and community. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody's like, how's the church serving me? How's the church? Mm-hmm. He said friendship doesn't start with two people turning face toward each other. It's two people linking hands to accomplish something here. That's friendship. And I agree with that. I think there's too much inner focus, like be my friend, be my friend, be my friend, instead of let's accomplish what Christ has called us to together. And in doing that, we find like, so you and I are close friends. Powers and I have become great friends. And, but that's around a commonality of mission and interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Lewis also said that, that friendship often begins with the words, you too. thought I was the only one. Like it's, it's in, and it's just this idea of, wow, we have this, this similar interest, obviously in the gospel, maybe in other things. Did we just become best friends? Yes. Did we? Yeah. And, and so I think that, that, that is lacking at times. If you're going into a church looking for your new set of best friends, you're looking for, hopefully you find that, but not because you're looking for that. You're, you shouldn't go to a church to try to find that. You go to a church to accomplish the mission of God, to be fed, to be discipled, mm-hmm. and to accomplish the mission of God for the glory of God, to worship with, with the saints. And in doing those things, you find community oftentimes. So I would just ask the person, are you doing those things? Are you serving Christ faithfully? Are you an ambassador for the kingdom? Like, are you linking arms with the local church? Because then it's going to be really difficult for you to be like, I just don't have any community here. Right. I don't have any friendships. If you're doing these things together, you'll have brothers in arms, typically. What do you think, Renee? Have you talked to people that have this issue? Yeah. I mean, I think that issue is like pretty universal, but Mm -hmm. now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, are people coming to church just to make friends or are they coming to like find Jesus? And I think they are like, some of them are coming to Mm -hmm. make friends. And so I think if you're coming to make friends, then you're, that's your focus. And you're putting a lot, hopefully you're putting a lot of effort into making friends. Um, But I think that can be ultimately kind of disappointing, right? Like that shouldn't be the main reason you're here. I think it's an awesome like side benefit. And I think it brings joy to your life. Um, But I think, I don't know, anytime you really like, I'm going to make a friend today. I mean, unless you're like seven, I think those, those attempts are kind of like misguided, right? Like kids can do it on the playground. (laughs) But but I think that's why it's a bad reason to leave a church. Yeah, I agree. you're, You're focusing on the wrong thing when you should be focusing on the mission and you'll find friends like that probably more than you want in some situations. Right. I mean, but, but you, you are on focused on the same mission and you have your brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers in Christ, you know, like Jesus said in Mark, who that's my mothers and brothers. These are my mother and brother. Everybody wants to do the will of my father. Right. So that's, that's who your brothers and sisters and everybody are powers. What would you say to those, to those people? I would encourage church members, listeners to this podcast to be proactive instead of reactive. Mm -hmm. I think we all know if we do life for the congregation enough, we know those in our own congregation who kind of stick to the fringes of the life of the community. 
and they're not very involved, before it comes to the point where they're asking the question, I want to leave, I hate my church, I want to leave, why don't we get more proactive, sit them down and say, hey, I love you guys. I don't know you guys very well. We haven't done a lot of life together, but I see that you're kind of existing on the on the fringes of our community here. And I, I just wanted to be a good brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, if this trend keeps up, you're probably going to end up leaving the church in the next year or two. And I've had conversations with our members like that. And we've gotten to that point a year and a half later where we sat down at the table again. And I said, hey, do you remember the chat we had last year? And they say, yep. Did you change anything? Nope. Are you surprised that we're here right now? Nope. And there was almost an unwillingness to do life with the congregation. And so it doesn't always end bad. Sometimes you have those chats and people do realize, oh, okay, I, I need to be more than just a barnacle on the bottom of the boat here causing the whole thing to drag as it goes along in the water. But I need to get involved. I need to get up on deck and do life with the other shipmates. Don't and be a uh, so I I, I would encourage all the listeners to not be barnacles themselves, but to get more involved with those people they see week in and week out that are not so involved and pull them along with you. And, and I don't think that's too much to ask if you're a no, member at a church. No. Like at least try, at least try to get involved and, and yeah. try to become a, a shipmate. The one yeah. the one thing I'll conclude with is, is Adam's talking is there, there will there comes a time, whether you move away, whether you're planted out, whether you get married, come home from college, or whether you have to leave because of negative reasons, they're not preaching the gospel. There's not come a time where you have to leave. And we have people who are listening who maybe that's them and, and they're having to pull anchor. And I think Galatians 5 applies all the time when, when it says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness. That applies even when you're leaving a church. And we don't yeah. see very much of that when people leave churches today. True. There's there's very little patience and kindness and deference and temperance. Yes. yes. And so that should be true of the leadership in a church. By God's grace, we're striving. I'm sure Adam is. Um, to to do that when somebody leaves, even if they leave unhealthy. And that should be true as, as a from a member or an attendee. When they leave a church, like the the fruit of the spirit should guide us and rule us. Um, hopefully to prevent us from making the same mistakes that we made in the next church. Because no one's faultless here. Leadership or congregants, no one's faultless when yeah. typically when you're leaving a church, we're all sinners. We're we're all in in desperate need of renewal continually. And so it's it's just important to keep that in mind. Galatians five needs to rule our lives and our behavior. Uh, in all realms, but particularly when we're going to leave a church. Adam, thanks for being on with us again today, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Renee, always fun. I'm glad we could talk about something non-medical. Fun. Very fun, yes. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Odds is produced by Building 28 Church, and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.